Bone Thrasher. He has officially gone to Social Security. He's gone to the naming place government agency and officially changed his name to J-Bone. That's Jay. right. That's right, right? Yeah, absolutely. I went. My birth certificate has changed. Um, the pa- yeah. the fans have spoken, and I am who I am, and I'm no longer afraid to be the J bone I've always been in my life. So, and you know what? If, as a gay man, yeah, having a bone in between you, not bad. Not a bad, not a not the yeah. worst place to be on a on not, a not, Wednesday night. No, not the worst place to be. <laughs> well, Johnny, I've missed you. I'm still in Los Angeles. I know. Are you like living there? You. Like we need you back on the no, East Coast, babes. What am I crazy? What am yeah. I? What are you, crazy? crazy? What am I, a serial killer? I'm You're just busy helping your boss get a star in the Walk of Fame. No big deal. NBD on that. And in fact, like, I have had a whirlwind in LA. A lot of that going on. I saw Bjork. I mentioned that. Yeah. I'm potentially going to see John Mayer tonight. There's a lot going on. So I feel like I want to wait till I'm back to do, like, a big Not My Radish. Yeah, you've got a lot going on. Our are schedules. Are you cool with that? Yeah, let's do it. So just so everyone knows, typically on Thursday, we would have released a new NMR we're going to pause, but this coming Thursday or Friday, up. yeah, expect a bigger, maybe longer one with some bigger updates from both of us. We're still not radishes. I want everyone to know. It's Make not like sure I got, that's I went clear. to L.A. and then, like, I became a radish. A beet it's still not something. my radish. Yeah. God forbid. God forbid I mean, a pineapple or something. Did yeah. you ever watch Doug when you were a kid? Oh, my God, yeah. Love Doug. The Beats. The Beats. The oh, beats. my God. Yeah. Throwback. Great. I know. God, I love Nickelodeon back then. It was so different. Like, I was talking about this the other day, how they had, like, kind of adult cartoons for kids. You know? Yeah, yeah. When we, we had, my parents watched Ren and Stimpy with me, or Rocco's Modern Life, yeah. or even, like, Pee Wee's Playhouse, like, things like that. And I asked Nadine, who's 10 years older than me, I was like, what did you watch as a kid? And she was like, Smurfs. Gumby, oh, and yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, those were like in rerun stages by the time we were watching cartoons. So I do remember yeah. them pretty well, but they were definitely older. By the way, I should mention too, Darren, I'm fighting off a cold, so my oh. voice is a little shaken and disturbed today for anyone who's listening and noticing. But I just want to clarify it is not COVID. I've had a couple of tests at this point. Um, it's just your run of the mill cold, you know. When do you think we're going to be at the point where if like people cough or sneeze that they don't automatically <laughs> assume it's COVID? Are we I think, ever going to get there? I don't think that we will. I think that our generation that has lived through this will always, always think this be way. Like, yeah. Don't be fucking. Yeah. Like I can't have a. I can't possibly have a symptom that's not COVID. Well, like, listen. I don't know. Here's the thing. Even if you don't have COVID and you're coughing and sneezing and you're around me, I'm like, where did that go? Where am right. I in your cloud of? Of particles, you know, that that was the case even before the pandemic. Well, no, I hated that too. But like whenever <laughs> someone sneezed, they didn't go to me and they were like, oh, don't have the flu. Like they never went to that. Oh, yeah. In like the same way that they're doing with, right. And same with the COVID. You're just like, hey, I'm actually on my deathbed, but don't worry, I don't have COVID. Don't worry, it's like, don't have COVID. There's actually a lot worse things sometimes that people yeah. can have now except for well, COVID. Well, so, that's a very good point know. too. We forget about that. No, yes. I am, I'm all good. And by the way, I will say that yesterday... I was like, I'm not going to be able to record the show this week. I mean, my nose was so stuffy. I couldn't breathe. My voice, I sounded like a whole different person. I was delirious because I like wasn't sleeping well and I was coughing. Sure. I'm good today. I want everyone to know that my body has fought off this non-COVID related uh, cold. So here we go. Well, I'm excited. In, in words of John Mayer, your body is a wonderland. Absolutely. And, and I love John Mayer. I want to go to a show with you. 
sometime. I'm a huge John Mayer it. fan. You'll allow it. Given given the fact that you're not feeling well, are you drinking anything? Tonight? Oh yeah, of course. Dumb having whiskey to try to fight off the the. You know, when I have a little bit of whiskey, I have I have some whiskey and some ice here, but it like bur- you know that soothing burning feeling. It's like a burn, but it's like you might say you're slow dancing in a burning room, which is a John Mayer song. Um, when you drink whiskey, that's what I'm drinking right now. And it's helping fight off the bacteria or whatever's happening. I mean, well, that's... Did you like my segue into that, by the way? Into... Yeah. I I did enjoy that. I was going to say, are you one of those people, though, quickly that drinks, like, emergency or no? No. And because I read that that actually doesn't have as much... Uh, I know. It's like not good. Yeah, it's like not good. Apparently, and this is just, I'm not a doctor, so I don't listen to me. If you know something better and you guys are a listener, feel free to, to correct me. But I heard that your body only can take X amount of vitamins in it anyway per per day or per week. And any kind of excess just ends up, you end up peeing it out. I don't know if that's I feel true. I like that tracks. I feel yeah. like that tracks. Yeah. Because by the way, I take a multivitamin and I've taken a multivitamin for years every single day. And I still got this freaking cold. So let me tell you what's in it. I have it right here. Vitamin C, right. 83%. Vitamin E, 90%. I mean, it's got everything you could imagine. Biotin, 2000%. Maybe it just makes your reaction to it. Slightly. Well, that might be true, yeah, because I this has only been now only about forty eight hours, so and I feel pretty yeah. good. But well, what are you I'm, drinking? Um, well, since I'm in LA, it's still a little early for me, so I'm gonna have to go sobs again this week. Um, I got a lot more work to do. I'm back to back. That's the thing about being in LA is like you feel like you're done early, but no, you just <laughs> kind of feel like you have more hours in the day to do work. Yeah, you know, because I don't have a morning here yeah well it's wednesday night for me here but it's still the kind of the work day for you there exactly so i gotta i gotta be sober (laughs) but that doesn't mean i am not gonna get into this week's case with you that's right let's get started actually let's do it in 1998 sheila delonges and steve clifton lived in the suburbs of jacksonville with their two daughters 11 year old jesse and eight year old maddie sheila and steve had met in high school and had been together for 30 years married for 25 of those years that's a long ass time by the way my grandparents i want to mention um next year or wait is it this year oh my god this year it's already 2022 they'll be celebrating their 60th wedding anniversary and it's just i remember we sell it we had a big thing for their 50th which was of course 12 years ago 12 10 years ago and I remember thinking like that just happened and now they're on to their 60th 10 years later. It's like, I don't time know. Flies, my friend. Yeah, it weirdly made me realize like time really does fly. But they're such a lovely, they're such lovely people. I'm really happy for them. But anyway, just to throw my little throat, my little, because you don't really hear people getting to 60 years of marriage. You know, that's just a blessing in life, I suppose. But absolutely. anyway, on November 3rd, 1998, it was election day. And after her daughters got home from school, Sheila went out to vote. As she arrived home from the polls around 4.30 p.m., Maddie ran out of the house to play, promising her mom that she'd be home for dinner. Now, this was a common occurrence. Neighborhood children often played together outside. Darren, I don't know how often you did this. Grew up in the burbs, rollerbladed in the streets. We used totally. To do, like, we'd go on like bike rides around the suburbs and like communicate through walkie-talkies. Oh, so yeah. I walked to school. I mean, I lived in that kind of pic- picture-perfect suburb. So I see this 
all the time. You're giving me Stranger Things vibes when you just described the walkie-talkie and the biking in the suburbs. That's what it was. <laughs> like, it was, it yeah. was cool. Yeah, was same cool. with me. Cool. Yeah, same with me. And, and, like, before we moved back to Maryland, because I lived in Pennsylvania for a lot of my childhood. But sure. in Pennsylvania, we had, like, we lived on farm houses. Like, th- we didn't own a farm and there weren't, like, animals, but they were, like, former farmhouses. So, like, we'd have, like, literally football fields worth of like outdoor space so i grew up outside you might think i'm a city girl but i'm really a country boy at heart to be completely you really are you have it all john i have it all i do it all anyway maddie knew what time she had to be home she was one of those kids that kind of knew you know i don't know if it was like when the street lights come on you come home but she knew that she needed to be home um sheila watched maddie as she ran into a neighbor's yard to hit golf balls okay that's a little bit different Excuse me. Um, around 6.20, Sheila began to call her daughters home for dinner, but Maddie was nowhere to be found. Sheila started asking her neighbors if they'd seen her daughter, and some helped her look, but Maddie didn't turn up. At 6.33, Sheila called the police to report Maddie missing. I mean, imagine wow. going 13 from... 13 minutes. It was only 13 minutes, which... Yeah. Obviously, you have the urge there immediately, but that also seems a little quick, like... Right, like I, ma- I, I don't know, like maybe she was down the street or yeah. pooping. But this is <laughs> maybe she was doing that. But this is a great testament to what I was just saying. Like, I feel like if you know your kid, like say this girl Maddie comes home every single day at the exact same time, and then suddenly she doesn't, that would probably be a big red flag. I feel like most ki- most parents will know, you know, their kids' whereabouts or their their habits, um, if nothing yeah. else. I would think. Yeah, the search for Maddie began immediately, and the first seven days after she vanished were referred to in the media as a circus. Yeah, so eventually she's missing now for seven days. Well, police arrived on scene, as did news reporters. In fact, the entire neighborhood rallied together to begin forming search parties and, of course, distributing missing persons flyers, which are essential and kind of common practice when things like this happen. Among them were the uh, were the Clifton's across the street neighbors, Missy and her 14 year old son, Joshua, both of whom you're going to want to know in this story today. Yeah. Now, obviously, this is terrifying. Your kid going missing. I mean, this is one of the big determines deterrence about me thinking about being a parent that you and I've talked about. It's like I would freak out, like letting my kids like walk anywhere without me. Right? Oh, my God. Yeah. This, like, like, uh, no, you cannot walk down the street. But at the same time, like that's also letting go and being a good parent. And they learn to kind of navigate. And also the idea of your kid being kidnapped is so, so low. So I sure. don't want to like, you know, um, I don't like creating like hype about things. You know, I think like a good amount of warning is good, but not an over sensationalization of what's happening. So right. we, you and I both know that we're irrational with our thoughts, but we sympathize <laughs> and empathize with what's going through right now as and- a parent. Now. Yes, sorry to just interrupt one more thing. And to your point about all this stuff is, listen, kids aren't as connected back then in 1998 as they are today. You know, well, right. the internet GPS, isn't. Yeah, you could GPS your chip your kid these days. You That's know? true. Would you do that? Would you ever do that to your kid? I don't think so. I, 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 I'm on the fence seems, about it. I'll be honest. I know too helicopter. It, it, does... it feels like it'd be for me and not for them. I don't, I don't think I'd that. <laughs> That's a fair you know? point. I mean, I feel like for me, I would. I'm on the fence because I hear I hear the privacy part of it, right? Like, we're human beings. There's, yeah. you know, for animals, I don't have a problem with it at all. For kids, I'm like, I don't know. Because then I'm like, 
But doing this podcast and seeing how many kids go missing on a daily basis, and I could potentially eliminate that possibility, isn't that worth it? I don't know. Something to think about. Yeah. For me, I'm not confident that that does eliminate. Like, what's the harm also? Like, yes, maybe you're preventing this one harm, which is super fucking rare, by the way. Like, super, super rare. doesn't seem like it on our show, but, like, look at statistics, and it's just very, very rare. Um, But... Like, so you're you're doing this one thing that could probably prevent this horrible possible horrible from happening. Thing. But yeah. what's the damage on the other side of that kid feeling like they're never trusted by their parent, and that their Fair. parents are telling them like, don't go there? Because part of being a kid, I think, is setting your own boundaries and and trying to figure yeah. out in the world like what's good and what's bad. And you really do learn from experience, you know. So I see your side of it too. I yeah. also like to take the other side sometimes. But regardless, this is a this is a terrible search. The sure. missing kid fucking horrible and the national guard was even called in during the search to walk through the town's sewer system combing for potential leads you never know now during this time authorities questioned neighbors to find out if anyone had seen maddie in the hours before she went missing several claimed to have seen her playing with joshua across the street which would make sense yeah police spoke to josh the day after maddie went missing to ask if he'd seen her he denied having played with her the previous day telling cops that they didn't really play together because of their age difference Okay. Now, investigators searched the Phillips's car and shed that evening, but didn't find anything. Several days later, police asked to speak to Joshua again just to confirm he didn't know anything. They entered his room and asked him some questions as he sat on his bed. Josh denied knowing anything about what had happened to Maddie. And on the morning of November 10th, Steve and Sheila taped an interview with a morning news program inside their home. Just as they finished the taping, one of their neighbors, Missy Phillips, ran across the street calling for the police. Missy had been cleaning her son Joshua's bedroom when she noticed his waterbed leaking onto the floor. We all love waterbeds here. Mm-hmm. We love. She started to check his bed for the source of the leak. By the way, nightmare scenario. Murder, kidnapping aside, imagine having a waterbed and you find that it's leaking. <laughs> right. Nightmare. No, I mean, like, especially if it's on, like, a second floor. Just, just forget nightmare. it. And wood? Nightmare. Nightmare. N- nightmare. Nightmare. So as it turned out, the leak had been caused by the body of Maddie Clifton. Oh, Missy my God. found Maddie's body wedged inside Josh's water bed frame. Remember, he sat on the bed when the cops were questioning him? Keep that in mind. Oh, that's right. Now, when investigators arrived on scene, Maddie's body was only partially clothed with her shirt pulled up and her panties underneath her. She had been stabbed numerous Ugh. times and beaten with a baseball bat. Along with Maddie's body, investigators also found several air fresheners, rolls of tape, a Leatherman knife, and a baseball bat hidden behind Josh's dresser. This is fucking gruesome. And I really hate to say it this way, but it's like, well, okay, so it's... Josh is 14 at the time, by the way. Josh is Yeah, he's 14. And you think, like, what caused the rip in the waterbed like was it oh my god i must hate to say it but like the bones you know like god only knows well 14 year old josh was at school when his mother had made the discovery actually i also hate to say this john yeah for me the first thing i think of is like what if she was defending herself and had nails and it ripped the waterbed i know that seems completely Mm. unlikely but that's where my head goes that's a great i mean who knows yeah it could have been anything Well, authorities arrived at Josh's school for questioning, at which time Josh openly admitted to what he had done. Josh told police that on November 3rd, now remember, he's 14. Like, this is crazy. Josh told police that on November 3rd, Maddie had come to his house to play baseball. 
Um, although his parents were out and Josh wasn't allowed to play with other kids when he was home alone, he went outside to play ball with Maddie. As they played, Josh accidentally hit Maddie in the eye with a ball and she wouldn't stop crying. I feel like we know where this is going, right? Like, yeah. 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 Um, as it turned out, Josh's father was an alcoholic who often became violent when his son broke the rules or angered him. When Maddie wouldn't stop crying, Josh became frightened of what might happen to him if his father found out he disobeyed him by playing with Maddie. Ugh, this is like, I don't empathize with any kind of serial killer, but it's, or not serial killer, murderer in this case. But, I mean, when you're a kid, and this is the type of fear that you get of, frankly, what sounds to be a domestic abuse problem, a child abuse problem, it's just like... How do you expect kids to react? You know what I mean? Maybe not murder every time, but like, I don't know. It's just, it's, this is the crazy and unfortunate cycle of the, of this kind of like not, domestic abuse. Not to soften the blow, but you, you know the band Death Cab for Cutie? Yeah. You've heard of them? Yeah. They have a song, I'll Follow You Into the Dark, and one of the, one of the lyrics in that line is like, um... I'm going to butcher it, but essentially, like, he went to Catholic school and they taught me that fear is the heart of love. And he's like, so I never looked back. And that, to me, Ew. is so reminiscent of this. Yeah. It's like, Josh knows that, you know, his father loves him, but he's so fearful of his father that the first reaction is to protect himself against that fear. Right. You know? And, like, so maybe around this could be in the GPS tracking system a little bit of, like... <laughs> I'm terrified of my parents and what they'll do. And I'm always on my back foot and I'm always in trouble. So yeah. I'm scared. Yeah, I'm for 14 sure. And I don't know how to figure this out. Absolutely. Well, Josh dragged Maddie into the house and into his bedroom, noting that some of her clothing pulled off as he dragged her inside. Okay, Josh. So maybe no um, sex. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. yeah. So that's at that's least good, good to know. Okay thing. Yeah. Plus I feel like I, and again, I know nothing about this. I feel like at 14, that motivation may not be as strong as, you know, 18 and above, so to speak. Yeah, I but, mean, I think that we're constantly surprised, but I think you're right. Yeah. I think it's not great. Obviously, Maddie is dead, but I think that's a little bit, it seems a, slightly less gruesome. I, it, it's like weird to put things on like I, I know. gruesomeness, it's like, but how like, can you? I guess that's a good thing that didn't happen. Right. Because you know? I think the natural assumption when you see a 14-year-old specific female, yeah, their clothes off there's going to be something going on there for you know? sure. Well, Josh tried to stop Maddie from screaming by hitting her repeatedly with a baseball bat that the two had been playing with. I don't know that that's going to help aside from killing her. So that's an interesting approach, but right, right. once Maddie had been beaten to the point of being unresponsive, Josh stuffed her body into his bed frame, at which point his father arrived home. Josh left his room to have a brief conversation with his dad before returning to his room. And when he got back, he could hear Maddie moaning oh my God. from underneath the bed. That's a horrifying description. Oh and panicked, Josh pulled her out, cut her throat, and stabbed her in the chest seven times before shoving her back into the bed frame. Now, at this point of the story, I could easily make the argument that, like, this kid's fucking frightened of his dad. His dad, you know, to me, I'm reading this and I'm like, is the dad abusive? This is this is fight or flight. This right. is the only response right. he knows. But when you say that, like, I can sort of empathize with him wanting her to be quiet. But after you beat her, then you slit her throat, which clearly means she can't talk. You stab her in the chest seven times? Dude? I know. It's so gruesome. It really is what? so gruesome. 
And also, like, there's something that's coming to mind here with me based on what you just said, which is like, what does he think is going to happen by putting her in the bed frame exactly? Like, she's never going to be found again? Like, that's not... Or he'll just, like, put it there and, like, solve it later. Later, But, like, this really gets to the point of... You know, when something when a criminal act is done in the heat of the moment, in passion and in intensity, almost like a Betty Broderick, you were brought to this point right. and you just snapped. This, while it could have been argued in the beginning that maybe this is what it is, after knowing you beat the shit out of her, cut her throat, then you stab her, this yeah. feels not just happenstance. No, it definitely is, especially as these details unfold, this is more than like... You know, a, a, yeah. an, a kid who just wanted to make sure his dad wasn't yelling at him. Like, this is beyond gruesome. Well, he ended up sealing the edges of the bed frame with tape and burned incense in an attempt to mask the odor of her decomposing body. So get this. This all happens, right? And for the next seven nights, Josh slept on his bed with her body still wedged inside of the frame. Holy How God. on earth... I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know. know. Anyway, we could just know. psychoanalyze all day long. But I know. It's like, what's going to this kid's head? Is he sleeping yeah. well? What's going on? Right. Like, what are you doing here? In a later interview with the Times Union, he'd, quote, told himself nothing happened to her so much that he began to believe it, end quote. Well, that's a good way to get through the night, right? Like, you can sleep if you're just saying that nothing really happened. We tell ourselves stories in order to survive. Yeah. That's what we do. And even joining in, he even joined in on the neighborhood's frantic search for Maddie during the week that she went missing. So, you know, yeah, Darren, like you just said, I feel like we've heard it a million times before on both this show and other shows is that our brains tend to protect us from the reality of truths that we cannot take, you know, and maybe that's what was happening here. Well, on November 19th, obviously we know who killed Maddie, but on November 19th, Josh appeared before a grand jury and was formally indicted on charges of first-degree murder. Josh's trial began on July 6th, 1999, and it only lasted two days, which is pretty (laughs) short for a murder trial. Yeah. Now, during trial, the state's medical examiner testified that Maddie had indeed been attacked three separate times. She'd been struck three times on her forehead and on top of her head. These blows would have been fatal about 30 minutes after they'd been inflicted. Maddie had also been stabbed in the neck. Her windpipe severed, which is what I said she wouldn't have been able to talk, right. which had caused her to either bleed to death or drown in her own blood. And then lastly, which is kind of the, the kicker here, Maddie had been stabbed nine times on her chest and ab- abdomen. The medical examiner confirmed the two of these stab wounds had been inflicted after she was already dead. So hence the reason that, you know, we kind of originally said, you know, ch- stabbed her in the chest seven times. He did do that. And then once she was dead, stabbed her twice twice more, right. which is why the medical examiner is reporting nine. Now, right. I don't, to me, given the fact that you're stabbing her and then you stab her when she's already dead, that is a little uh, odd. To yeah. say now, the defense team declined to call any witnesses whatsoever to testify on Josh's behalf. The defense didn't argue that Josh hadn't killed Maddie, instead presenting to the jury that Josh was not guilty of premeditated murder, asking the jurors to find Josh guilty of the lesser charge of manslaughter. This is what I was getting into here because this is very important. Now, yeah. Josh is attorney argued that Josh had no plans to kill Maddie outside the heat of the moment. He was simply a 14-year-old boy who was frightened of his father and panicked as the situation unfolded around him. That would have been believable, if not for all these injuries, in my opinion. Now, the jury deliberated for two hours, ultimately found Josh guilty on the charge of first-degree murder. Although he was only 14 years old, Josh was tried as an adult, and the law stated that the only possible sentence for a verdict of first-degree murder was life in prison without the possibility of parole. I also have a problem with this. 
and Josh was sentenced on August 20th, 1999. Wow. So yeah, after sentencing, the state prosecutor told 48 Hours, which by the way, Darren, if 48 Hours is picking this up, it means big business. It's serious. Yeah. 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 That there was evidence in the case that was ruled inadmissible and was unable to be presented at trial, which was that in the half hour before Maddie's murder, there was evidence that Josh had been looking at violent pornographic websites on his computer. Now, what does that mean exactly? I don't know, but they're thinking that that means something. Right. Although the prosecution was unable to present this evidence, it may have provided the jury some insight as to alternative motives for the crime. Potentially. I mean, I don't know the whole, I feel like I don't want to get into this debate about what pornographic, you know, yeah, stuff I don't think there's in. much evidence for that. But at the same time, like maybe in a murder case, there might show some sort of motive or this and that. It does seem a little odd. Yeah. But I don't I don't buy the fact that violent video games causes violence. I I, just I'm not sure I do either. I don't, yeah. I don't buy it. Yeah. Well, the defense team appealed Josh's case and ultimately brought it before the Supreme Court, which I did not even know this was a Supreme Court case. The Supreme Court heard the case, and in 2017, Josh was 33 years old at this time. As My a, age now, people. That's right. As a result of the appeal, the court ruled it unconstitutional for youthful offenders to be given an automatic life sentence the way Josh was. So, Love wow, that. Darren, this is the case that kind of changed all of that for, for minors. I do happen to agree with that, which is why I said, yeah, that, like, for sure. obviously this guy is guilty, obviously deserves punishment, obviously... You know, I could argue that it might have been premeditated, but at 14, getting served life without the possibility of parole seems like a crime. I agree. A new law was put into effect saying that juvenile offenders could only be given a sentencing range of 40 years to life with a mandatory sentence review hearing in 2023 after he had served 25 years in prison. That feels a little more fair, you know, overall. The law took effect. Yeah. Yeah. The law took effect and Josh was given a sentence review hearing, at which time the court ruled that Josh would be given a new life sentence for Maddie's murder, subject to review after 25 years. So during this hearing, Josh took the stand and read a letter he wrote for Maddie's family, saying, quote, I don't pretend to know or understand your pain or to grasp the void I created in your lives, he said, addressing the Clifton family. Uh, Quote, I can say this, I do understand pain. I have become quite intimate with suffering. Growing up in prison, I've seen many dark things and I've been some dark places. Many times throughout this journey, I came close to ending my life just to escape it all. End quote. You know. What what can you say about that? I mean, yeah, I agree. I he probably that. has. Yeah. Yeah. At 14, being sentenced to prison, no matter how hard or scary you are. I mean, that has to be. Yeah. Horrible and frightening. Yeah. The court found that Maddie's murder, quote, did not reflect the hallmarks of youth and recklessness, but was calculated, sexually motivated, and heinously and a heinously violent attack, end quote. The- you know, I, I don't know about the sexual motivation. Like, outside of the porn, she didn't seem to be sexually violated, so... Yeah, and on top of that, like, you know, the description we hear that the court, I guess, has put together was that it all started with an accident because he hit her in the face with a baseball. Like, that, right. it's not like he went out that day intending to murder and sexually abuse her. Right, he didn't and, seek her out. His yeah. response to it was bad, though. Right. 
And, you know, the court went on to note, quote, the facts demonstrate the brutality of the murder of Maddie Clifton. Her death was not accidental. It was intended. Her death was not quick or painless. It was long and agonizing. All true. I think These that's facts right, also yeah. highlight disturbing aspects of defendant's behavior. The callousness and ruthlessness he demonstrated in the murder herself. The cool, calm, and collected manner in which he carried on life, even helping in the search. The fact that he slept on top of her fucking body for seven days right. is probably not helping. Now, all of these actions indicate to the court the existence of something far more than mere immaturity, impetuosity, or the inability to assess consequences. Josh Phillips remains incarcerated to this day, and on June 27th, 2000, Josh's father, Steve Phillips, died in a single vehicle accident when he crashed his van. Wow. The accident took place just after 11 p.m., and Steve was alone in the car and wasn't wearing a seatbelt. After Josh was arrested in 1998, 11-year-old Jesse Clifton noticed that Josh's mom, Missy, stopped coming outside due to all the media attention, so she took it upon herself to help out. And Jesse would take the Phillips' dog for walks and help carry their groceries inside when she saw them driving home from the store. This is really sweet. Yeah, wow. Jesse later, Jesse later commented about it, this in an interview, saying, Missy was such a sweet and kind person. She didn't deserve what happened, Jesse Clifton said. I feel like she feels everyone was against her. She found Maddie, and I cannot even imagine that. And then to realize that her son had did it, this is a, this is a lot for one person to handle. Wow. What a... Granted, all this darkness, but what a beautiful... I mean, forgiveness is really a beautiful thing I agree. in a lot of ways. And I'm not saying she's forgiving Josh, but, you know, she's not shunning the mother either, who obviously didn't do anything wrong. You right, know, of course. She's kind of a victim herself. Now, Maddie's family has since stated that their hearts go out to the Phillips family, knowing they've all suffered terribly throughout this ordeal. The families send each other Christmas cards every year. Wow. This is... This is a tragic fucking story, right? Like, two kids' lives were lost. Yes, one is experiencing his life lost in prison and still alive and still breathing, breathing but suffering. Maddie never had a chance. Yeah. So that is just an unspeakable tragedy. But the power of forgiveness in something so dark like this is something I really feel like the world could use a lot more of these days. Yeah, I love the way you put that, too, about the power of forgiveness because – What I'm hearing here is that, I don't know, to me it was an accident that turned, yes, very tragically deadly. And those details, especially the sleeping on top of the body, like, you can't get around those. And But at the same time, does a 14-year-old even understand the significance of that, especially in terms of of what what that would be in a court? I mean, he seemed... You know, as we talked about, just scared about the ramifications of just hitting her in the face with a baseball bat or whatever. Excuse me. Um, And then the last thing that really got me here was the family sending each other Christmas Christmas. cards. I mean, listen, I had when I when I do send Christmas cards, which I don't do every single year, you know, it's a very select group of people because these stamps aren't cheap these days. You know, we're not in the 90s anymore. Sometimes you get your podcast partner Christmas gifts and they don't even receive them. That's how crazy <laughs> Isn't that this whole crazy? thing is. It's crazy things, how this happens. Things are crazy these days. Crazy, yeah. But in, in all seriousness, um, you know, there's just so much. I guess what I wanted to say is that holding the grudge, okay, it happened. You grieve the scenario. You grieve both that people. You. Yeah. Right. But to hold that, I don't even know if it's a grudge. Obviously, you've, you know, it's a betrayal beyond belief, but... You know, holding that in your heart and hating the family because of what's happened, that doesn't seem seem right either. So I really like what has happened here with the way things are. You know, it's like you can't go back and change time. So 
why not make the most out of it uh, in terms of just mental health as you can, you know? And, you know, come together in the tragedy. Because, again, Missy was the mother of a murderer, but she's not the murderer. And I'm I'm not confident. And we don't know enough about the details of how believable the father's abuse was well that's true like that. too yeah we don't know but it's clear missy lost a kid and is a victim in yeah. this whole thing so it's kind of nice to see the families reaching out to each other i agree yes. and and to bring it back to one of our top questions at the top of the show you guys let us know what you thought about this week's episode but also let us know if you would microchip your kid in an well, effort that's what i really want to know <laughs> in an effort to uh potentially find them should they ever go missing i'm very curious because we have a lot of um you know parents that listen to the show specifically mothers and by the way we're not saying microchip like in any other capacity we're not talking we're not getting political we're not talking the conspiracy theories about vaccines literally we're talking tracking device for your child which apparently you can even do now so let us know what you think hit us up at jthrasher at carpe darren instagram twitter Put it in our Facebook group where I'm sure there will be a lot of debate about it. Um, which yeah, because is... we're not parents, so I'm curious to hear yeah. from actual parents and, like, the debate here. Because I'm not sure yeah. that there's, like, a right answer. Well, we did say, know? I think we both agreed we would do this for our pets, right? 1,000 million. Okay, pets are easy. You know, they're not humans. But let us know what you guys think. Um, Darren, let's get into some listener shout-outs, too, before we wrap up today's show. Christy in our Facebook group says, Hi, all. I just joined Patreon and have followed Mom and Dad from Martinis and Murder. Thank you, Christy. Thank you. Can I say I'm a crime junkie and not a lot makes me feel something, but Murder by Windshield made me feel gross. Then the victim's son forgiving her made it so sweet. Like, Darren, I would have not been that gracious. And I wrote back to you, Christy, and I said, Yeah. I know it's crazy, but you know what, Christy? This comment is almost perfect for today, right? Because yeah, that's true. Same kind of thing. Sometimes being gracious, while that feels so fucking hard to do is actually the best medicine you know like hatred's drinking a bottle of poison and hoping the other one dies i'm not confident i would have been that gracious i don't think anyone would have expected him to be that gracious he certainly didn't need to be that gracious but i'm sure him being gracious about it helped him yeah closure in this situation so this was almost a perfect comment to make christy and thank you for following us over from martinis and murder welcome back yes thank you christy by the way murder by windshield you can listen to now it is a recent episode of our show on shaken and disturbed so go and listen to that there yes melissa in our facebook group says quote just saw dad on tmz andy was getting andy was getting his star and of course i was watching for dad lol looking absolutely fabulous by the way, of course, Darren, she's Aww. talking about you. Did well, you did know that you were on TMZ? Right? I did because as Andy was giving his Hollywood star speech, and this is, I'll go through all of this at NMR next week, but yeah. um, he was like giving a speech and he was like, oh, and there's the TMZ bus. And he starts like talking to them. Like there's just so many like Hollywood tours. It's like ridiculous. Right. So- so LA. I That's can't hilarious. Know. So LA. Well, tune in for that on this coming Thursday. We're going to have a super ex- exciting NMR, two weeks worth of, of content there. But by the way, if you're listening to this, have you supported our show on Patreon yet? Bonus videos, episodes, blogs, photos, you name it. It's all happening over there for as little as $5 a month. And you can even save 
extra if you subscribe annually darren i just finally got to posting the spice girls uh illustration my best friend courtney made me it's so cool isn't it cute i hope you liked it and my zigga zigga bracelet so you can you can go check that out on patreon right now no matter what subscription level you you uh i have been thinking of of starting this patreon and our patreon thing of just like darren's gears being ground because there's so many things that grind my gears every single week that i'm just going to start to vent to our patreon people I'm i think that's a great there. idea yeah you're gonna get the darren uh venting but obviously we have some more fun stuff <laughs> and my venting coming in the weeks ahead so make sure you sign up if you've been thinking about it and please 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 if you can rate review and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast again it helps us as always and it's free to do and we are utterly grateful and appreciative if you can that's right you just reminded me too i keep talking about driving with john remember that little video series we were going to maybe do last summer where i drive around and talk about things that are happening in my life but honestly not a lot is happening in my life in a pandemic, ah. so I don't know that I'd have that much to so talk about. So we scratched about. that idea. Well, you know um, what's funny is I filmed, like, I want to say three or four different ep- quote-unquote episodes worth of stuff. Like, I bought a freaking mount for my windshield to put my phone in. That's how dedicated I am to you guys. Wow. Yeah, so I'm going to have to maybe get back to that. But anyway... Uh, to definitely sign up for our Patreon if you haven't yet. Lots of fun stuff coming. We're going to have a uh, Zoom, our live uh, live stream Zoom here in yes. a couple of weeks. We're working on that. We'll announce it yes. soon. We're going to send some postcards in the in the day in the weeks to come. You guys got to sign up for this. So anyway, Although if John's gift giving is any idea uh, of the postcards being sent, you'll never receive them. Let me just, just say wanna, I have it right here just again. Tell everyone. Just want to tell everyone. Here's here's Darren's Christmas gift that I don't know why I can't put in the let mail. The, let the listeners listen to it. Yeah. What do you guys think this is? This is Darren's is Christmas gift. It almost gift. sounds like a waterbed. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and I'm like it a kind of does. I'm oh. a little. F- uh, well, let's see what happens. Let's see what shows up on your doorstep in a couple of weeks. Whenever oh I end God. up sending this out, and we have to say once again, thank you to Megan for uh, doing an incredible job on this week's research. So, if you're listening and you're in the public sphere, s- count down with us and thank Megan out loud. Darren, here we go. One, two, two three. three. Thanks, Thanks, Megan. Megan, we love you. We love you, and we love signing off that way too. So there yeah, you we go. Do. We really do. All right, we'll see you guys Thursday for a huge NMR. Big. Big NMR about my whole LA trip. We've That's got right. a lot to get through. And we want the nitty gritty, Darren. We want to know like all kinds of very personal details from your life because oh, nothing's happening I've, in mine. So. I've got a lot. Trust me. I've all right. <laughs> See you guys next time. Bye. Bye.